Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father and our God, as we come before you tonight, we just want to say thank you. We thank you for tonight's Bible study. Oh Lord, tonight, the excitement that we feel is yours. Do all that you have planned, my Father, outrunning our wildest hopes and dreams. We commit tonight into your hands and we really, really pray that each person goes away changed. Father, in the next hour, we pray that you glorify your name. We yield totally to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we, will, we ask him to teach and ask him to instruct and guide. Thank you so much for those who are listening by podcast. We pray that they are as equally blessed as those who are here tonight. Father, we just give you thanks, praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for, um, for your lovely comments. Thank you. And so tonight we are going to continue our, our conversation. We're going to continue our Bible study about thriving, how the Lord enables us to thrive in the midst of a famine. Um, we, we said last week, and I'll say it very briefly, that famine is not God's plan for his people. Um, we, when we see famine, we realize it is a form of judgment in one way or another. Something has gone wrong and the Lord always intervenes. We looked at three ways last week um, and thank you so much to the wonderful multimedia team that keep putting out the messages on the podcast. We're so grateful to you. We looked at three ways last week, spending time in the word of God, prayer and fasting that is actually making the life of somebody else better as well as traditional types of fasting where you abstain from food so that your relationship with God goes to another level and that, that's really important and we're grateful for that and so tonight we're going to jump right in and we're going to look at so this is way number four and the reason we're saying it is we are using this as a framework we're using our word for the year, which is in Luke chapter 5, reading from verses 1 to 11, that this is a launch out into the deep. So we're we realizing we're going back to that word and we're pulling stuff out of it again. And what our encouragement, ladies and gentlemen, is that you don't let the words or promises of God go until they come to pass. Go back to them, chew over them, declare them over yourself. And so I'm going to read from Luke chapter 5 from verse 1, and then we'll jump into where we started last week. And the Bible says, and it came to pass as, let me read it, ladies and gentlemen, from the Bible in basic English tonight. Um, it's, it's the same story. Now it came about that while the people came pushing to be near him and to have knowledge of the word of God, he was by a wide stretch of water named Genasaret. Verse two, and he, this is Luke five, verse two. And he saw two boats by the edge of the water, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the property of Simon and made a request 
to him to go a little way out from the land. And being seated, he gave the people teaching from the boat. When his talk was ended, he said to Simon, go out into deep water and let down your nets for fish. And Simon answering said, master, we were working all night and we took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they got such a great number of fish that it seemed as if their nets would be broken. And they made signs to their friends in the other boats to come to their help. And they came and the two boats were so full that they were going down. But Simon, when he saw it, went down at the knees of Jesus and said, go away from me, O Lord, for I am a sinner. For he was full of wonder. And so were all those who were with him at the number of fish which they had taken. Verse 10, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were working with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, have no fear from this time forward, you will be a fisher of men. Verse 11, and when they had got their boats to the land, they gave up everything and went after him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what we are looking at in the midst of this word for us this year about launch out into the deep and I really pray that this encourages you to go where the Lord is sending you to reach out and to do what God has asked you to do this year and in the next season of your life and so ladies and gentlemen the part we're focusing on was um, verses four and five Jesus said go out into the deep water and let down your nets for fish but in verse five Simon Peter says, in between your instruction and what is about to happen, I'm living in a famine. And he said, we toiled all night and we caught nothing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says when he actually does what Jesus says, things change. And so that's where we're looking at. And we're looking, ladies and gentlemen, deliberately that what happens, how does God help us through a season of famine? Because he will keep his word. Okay, and so, ladies and gentlemen, we've looked at three ways. So let's look at way number four. So way number four, when God wants to literally, and let me use this phrase, where God wants to break the back of a famine or cause you and I to thrive in a famine, what I want you to realize, what I want you to realize, ladies and gentlemen, is this is how he does it. So let's look at the fourth way that we're looking at. And the fourth way, ladies and gentlemen, is through obedience, through obedience. Okay, and so please turn in your Bible to Genesis 26. And I'm going to read it in the King James Version of the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, Um, Genesis 26. And I'm going to we're going to go through it from verse one. Um, We're going to go through it from verse one. Let me get that. Yeah, we're going to go through it from verse one and then we'll work from there. Um, And so let me read the story. Okay, so Genesis 26, read from one. We're going to stop at about verse 14. Let's have let's go through what the Bible says. And the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto the Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gera. He went to find help. And the Lord appeared to him and said, go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. 
sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries and will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of the heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6, and the Bible says, and Isaac dwelt in Gera. I'll actually pause here. Notice exactly the same way that the Lord helped Peter, the Lord helps Isaac. He speaks to him and gives him an instruction that do what I say and the impact of what is happening in the land, whatever judgment is falling on the land, will be lifted off your life. Um, and so I want you to begin to keep that in mind. I, I, want, I want you to keep that in mind. That, that Notice, Jesus spoke to Peter. Then Jesus speaks to, or, not, or, or this particular, he speaks to Isaac. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord has spoken to you. He's given you words. He's given you promises. He's given you reassurances over the last 20 or 30 weeks of this year. Ladies and gentlemen, this famine won't break you. And let's keep going. So let's look at verse six. And the Bible says, and Isaac dwelt in Gerah. He did what the Lord said. And the men of the place asked him of his wife. And he said, she's my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife. Lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebecca because she was fair to look upon. Now, I want you to pause. Oh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I'm going to read to verse 14. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out at the window and saw. And behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, of a surety, she is your wife. How said thou she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, because I said, lest I die for her. Verse 10, Abimelech said, what is this that thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have lined with thy wife and thou should have brought guiltiness upon us. And Abimelech charged all his people saying, he that touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And then the Bible says from verse 12, then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Keep that word in mind. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great, for he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the foundation. We're going to talk about obedience. So, the first thing is when God asks you to do something, go ahead and do something. But there's something I want you to notice. First, when the Lord said, Stay in this land, it was contrary to what everybody else would do because this land was in a famine. So, really, Isaac would have gone from the Philistines and gone on to Egypt where there was no famine. But the Lord said, stay here. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. When the Lord says something to you, know for a fact that he has taken care of all the angles. When the Lord speaks a word to you, that word will take care of everything that you know about and that you don't know about. The word of God is that powerful. And so what we realize is, so that's something, so Isaac stayed in Gerah, he obeyed the Lord, but there was a part of Isaac that was a verse seven says and the men of the place asked him of his wife and he said she is my sister just like his daddy did because he was uh, afraid now i want you to understand something fear did not stop the blessing working but fear please understand something it limited the impact of the blessing to a trickle so he survived but he was there a long time. Nothing really happened. Nothing really changed. He's, he, I mean, he was okay. He lived, but he did not abound. Um, he did not abound. And so I want you to realize that when fear kicks in, it will limit the impact of what God has said to you, and it will definitely slow things down, especially when it comes to a blessing. And we're going to come to that in a moment. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the, uh, we're coming to 714, so we're going to take our declarations. And our declarations, ladies and gentlemen, are our declarations of faith. We believe the word of God. And ladies and gentlemen, at this time, at this time in our lives, this is some of the most important things you will do. So let's make our declaration. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We turn from our wicked ways and seek your face. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sin and heal our land. We ask it. In Jesus' name, we pray. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason that's so, so, so important is that when the land you are living in is healed and prospered, you will be prosperous. And so that's why we declare over the United Kingdom and over any country that you live in, that let this, um, let this be your guide. And so this, look, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that we're grateful for that declaration. So let's get back. So the first thing, so let's go back to what God said to Isaac. The first thing, let, let me go in order and then I'll keep going. I'm going to go back as there. Notice what the Lord said to Isaac, and this is key about thriving in a famine. The Bible says, he said in verse three, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to please write that in your notes. 
when you find yourself in a famine, the blessing of the Lord makes all the difference. When we say, when the Lord says, I will bless you, that means the Lord will make happen what he has determined to happen by his power and by his ability, circumstances notwithstanding. And the Bible says, he said, I will bless you. That means I will transfer my power to you to get done what I want to get done in your life. And the Bible says that the that was God's promise to Isaac. He said, I will be with you. That means you're not going through this on your own. I will make the rest happen. And there are lots of scriptures that can back that up. But let, let's look at well, let's look at two. Um, let's look at two. Please turn in your Bibles to Let's go to Psalms 23 first. Psalms 23, we're going to read from 1 to 6. Um, the Bible says the following, just so we understand what it means when the Lord is with you, and then we'll go on to what the blessing does. Let me read Psalm 23. It's, it's a wonderful framework for understanding this. The Bible says the following, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So that's what the Lord does when he's around you. We, we understand that. That's wonderful. But listen to verse four. This is amplifying what it means when God is with you when you are in difficult circumstances. The Bible says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The word comfort means to draw close and then to encourage to go forward. But the, it means that the, the word, the staff and the rod of the Lord, that means his ability and his power draws you close and says, you know what? In the middle of this storm, I've got you. And the Bible says his rod and his staff, they comfort me. So you can keep going, even though you're going through an absolute nightmare. Because God is with you, the outcome will be different. But let's read verses five and six. The Bible says, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. That means just because you are facing a challenge, because God is with you, he prepares a table before you that they can't touch. He lays things out for you so that he provides for you, even if everybody else is denying it to you. Then the Bible then says, you anoint my head with oil. We're going to speak about that later. So I won't talk too much about that. My cup runneth over. That means when the Lord anoints your head with oil, 
and abundance shows up. We're going to talk about that next. So I'm just going to skip over that. Write that in your notes. Hold on to it. We're going to amplify that second when we get through this one. And the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When the Bible says goodness and mercy, that's literally God's personality. That's who he is. That means he goes with you to get done what he has promised you. And ladies and gentlemen, so when the Lord says to Isaac, and I, I want you to keep this in mind, and we're going to look at um, we're going to look at two things. We're going to look at the blessing next, but I want you to realize when the Lord says, "I will be with you," that means everything you face from that moment forward, you are not alone. And that means there's no reason for you to be afraid. And I have to remind myself, this, and it happens to me a lot, when you're going through something, listen, God is with you. So let's move on. So let's move on. So that's what the, the first part I wanted to understand, that when in the middle of a famine, the Lord says, I'll be with you. I, we will handle this together. You will do what I say. I will make the miraculous happen. And I want you to keep that in mind. It is God that makes the miraculous happen. Right, so let's also look at what does a blessing do? There's, there's some wonderful scriptures. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs chapter 10 and go to verse 22, please. Proverbs 10, verse 22. It's a very short verse, but it drives home something that I want you to understand about a blessing. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and it addeth no sorrow. Now, let me, um, let me explain why that's so important. In the judgment that came on man after sin was introduced in and we're going to turn there for, for clarity please turn in your bible so please remember proverbs 10 verse 22 the bible says the blessing of the lord it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow keep that word in mind sorrow is really important sorrow is what happened when sin was judged in Genesis 3, what was introduced into the life of, of man, both for the, for, the, um, for the woman and the man, was sorrow in two different areas. And so what I want you to realize is this, ladies and gentlemen, when the Lord blesses you, whatsoever kind of judgment limitation whatsoever impact that sin or a sin culture has on your life is removed. And the word that is removed is sorrow. So turn with me to Genesis chapter three. And I'm going to read from verse, uh, I'm going to read from verse 16 for clarity. The story, this is, this is where God has, the, the man and woman have eaten the fruit that God said that they should not eat. The impact has happened. The Lord has already judged the serpent. That's not our focus tonight. That's not. But listen to verse 16, Genesis 3, verse 16. And the Bible says the following. 
And let me clarify. God did not curse the woman and the man. He told them, these are the implications of your actions. I am still with you, but these are the implications of the actions you have taken. But the serpent, he cursed and said, what you are now, I'm reducing you to something so much lower. That's not what he did to the man or the woman. He didn't curse you. That means you are not living under God's curse or when, you don't, when you don't know him. No, no, no. He didn't curse mankind. But he did say the implications of your actions are as follows. Now, the, if that be the case, that means God is free to turn those implications around as we begin to follow him. And that's what we, we realize. And so let's look at verse 16. The Bible says, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shall thou bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. Notice the Lord said, when children and for the woman, he said, for when children now come, there will be something called sorrow. And sorrow means an uncertainty. There's an element where it is no longer sure. And that sorrow, notice what the Lord said. He said, that sorrow is what I'm going to use to build a connection between you and your child so that it cannot be broken. Because you realize every time a child comes into the world, ask any doctors, it's always referred to as a miracle. And so ladies and gentlemen, we realize what was introduced into the life of the man and the woman, which you do not see in Genesis 1 and 2, is sorrow. There's an element of uncertainty, a maybe, a, a, an anxiousness. Will it happen? Will it not? And the Lord said that is the consequence of sin. He didn't curse them. He just said, this is what happens because of what you've done. But he did not reduce them in who they are to something else like he did with the serpent. Let's read verse 17 to verse 19. And unto Adam, he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree, which I commanded thee saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Notice what the Lord says now. Cursed is the ground, not Adam. He said the ground. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it thou wast taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So the Lord said, now, rather than things happening in the way they happened in Genesis 2, which we're going to look at later, he said it's going to be a struggle. The ground is limited because you are no longer connected to me the way you were. The impact of that is what you do. That means when you're working, 
when you're trying to make something happen, there will be a lot of sweat, there will be a lot of worry, there will be a lot of maybe. And so what you realize the Lord was saying was, because you are separated from me, this is how it will show up in your space. Now, let's go back to Proverbs 10 verse 22. So this is, listen how the Lord now counteracts that in the life of a man that is at that point separated from him. He said, listen carefully. He said, the blessing of the Lord, he said, it maketh rich. That means it is prosperous and it is abundant. It will cause to happen whatever I say it should happen. And notice what he said. And he addeth no sorrow with it. That means there will be no ambiguity when you are leaning on the blessing of the Lord, know for a fact that he has taken care of every aspect of what he is saying to you. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to have a look, understand that when the Lord blesses you, so when he said to Isaac, stay in this land, I will bless you. He literally was saying to Isaac, don't worry, I've taken care of absolutely everything. Therefore, Isaac had no reason to be afraid. Because the Lord had said, no, 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 no. I've taken care of everything. Now, so just so you know, this is true in your life right now, because we're going to move forward. Notice what happened. He said he was, even though he was in the, in the place of blessing, he was, had obeyed the Lord, he was still afraid. And the fear limited the impact of the blessing. Turn with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to look at two scriptures and then we're going to wrap this up. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Hebrews 7, verse 25. The Bible says the following. Speaking about Jesus in his heavenly ministry. The Bible says, wherefore, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means is once the Lord now steps into your matter by virtue of the success of his life, death, and resurrection we, and his ascension, I want you to understand something about Jesus. That means when God gives you a word, every possible angle has been taken care of. All you have to do is keep trusting the Lord. And I want you to hold on to that, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to take you into the Bible. I'm going to briefly tell you a story and then I'm going to move on because I want you to, I hope this really helps you. I want you to understand something. Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to 2 Kings chapter 4. And I want, I'm going to read from verse 8 very quickly. 2 Kings 4, verse 8. And I'm going to read um, the first, I'm go, we're, we're just going to read down to verse 17, verse 8 to 17. I'm going to read quite quickly. The Bible says, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. And it was that as often as he passed by, he turned to, the, to eat bread. He went, he stopped to eat bread. 
And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh unto us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day. By the way, this is preaching material, but I'm not going to expand it, but we're going somewhere. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. And said to Gehazi his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said, and he said, he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? Do you want me to use my influence to help you? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I'm fine. She's a wealthy woman. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she has no child. Now listen carefully. These are the problems that she has. Verily she has no child. That means she's had no children. She has not been able to conceive a child. And her husband is old. Two challenges. Challenge number one, she has no children. Challenge number two, her husband is sufficiently old that having children is now a challenge. Listen to verse 15. Let's keep reading. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaiden. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that, I find that bizarre. You call him a man of God on one side. You built a house for him that he should come by. You realize that he is something special. And yet when he now speaks to you, there is a fear of failure that is about to stop your blessing. And she says, no, 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 don't lie to your handmaid. That is good. I don't mind you coming here. I can handle it. Now, listen carefully. Verse 17. The woman, notice, the woman didn't believe. The Bible says the following, the power of the pronouncement of Elisha was such, verse 17, and the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha said unto her, according to the time of life. Now pause for a moment. That means the Lord has solved two problems. Problem number one was whatever was stopping this woman to conceive was removed. That's the power of the blessing. But problem number two was that her husband was old. Now, how? so you're thinking, that well, but she's the one that received the promise. So the Lord made her fertile. No, there were two problems. One, she was infertile. Two, her husband was old. Let me keep reading and I'll stop at verse 19. When and when the child was grown, it fell on. So this is about five or 10 years later. When the child was grown, it fell on the day that he went out to his fathers, to the reapers. 
And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. Pause. That means this man that was so old that he could not conceive children. By the time you see him 10 years later, he's working with young men in the field. The word of God, when the Lord gives you a promise, he takes care of everything, that which you know about and that which you do not know about. So when God said to Isaac, dwell in this land and I will bless you. He knew the people may want to kill you for your wife, but I am with you. And that makes all the difference. Have I hope I've made my point to somebody. When God gives you a promise, when God says start a business, when God says marry the person, when God says move to a country, when God says build something, start something, whatsoever it may be, start a hair business, whatsoever it may be, his word is sufficient to take care of whatever is ahead of you. Also, what was behind you and what is around you, the word of God will save to the uttermost. Now, the reason I'm saying that is fear is the belief that God will not come through. And ladies and gentlemen, that's not the case. What happens? So once that is removed from Isaac, come back with me. Let's go back to our original story and let's wrap this up so we can talk about something else. Genesis chapter 26, and please come back. Let's go to, let's go. And the Bible says from verse six, we said that Isaac dwelt in Gerah and the men asked him of his wife. He said he was afraid. And the Bible says he was there a long time. So his fear created a delay in the manifestation of his blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, I say this carefully before I go on. Whatsoever is stopping you from trusting God 100%, by the end of tonight, the Lord will remove it. Something is about to shift. The Bible says he tells Abimelech, he and Abimelech sort out the fact that it's his wife. Abimelech then reacts in a way that Isaac didn't expect. Abimelech said, anybody who touches this man or touches his wife, listen, I will kill you. Don't touch him. He's safe here. Then he, so Isaac now realizes, oh, God has dealt with the fear. Listen to verse 12, and four, 12 to 14, and this is going to be somebody's story. The Bible says, then. So once the fear is removed, which is the doubt that God can take care of all the elements, the Bible says, then that means the blessing now is free to manifest itself in the maximum listen to what happened the bible says then verse 12 isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year and hundredfold now notice the bible says two things he said the lord gives him a hundredfold and the lord blesses him 
two separate things, and we're going to look at them really quickly. The first, and then the Bible says in verse 13, and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great store of service, and the Philistines envied him. Ladies and gentlemen, from this day forward, you are going to go forward. And the Bible says that the greatness comes on his inside, not on his outside. And the Bible says that it creates greatness and abundance. But I want to look at two things really quickly. The first one says, the Bible says, when Isaac now sows in a land of famine, he receives a hundredfold. Why? Because God did not just give him enough to survive on, but God gave him enough to cover whatever was lacking and enough to make sure there was abundance. So when God breaks a famine, I want you to understand he gives you enough to cover what you owe. Then he brings into your life enough so that you have enough to go forward. And I want you to keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen. And so what we realize is God first multiplies and gives Isaac a hundredfold blessing. That means whatever was lacking when it was a time or season of lack, whatever was missing, whatever he owed, whatever was missing, the Lord brought him up to zero and then blessed him abundantly. So will it happen to you. And this is what I wanted to say before, before I move on to the next point. And I'm going to, we're going to move on today because we've got to wrap this up. The Lord, I don't know who is in debt, but when the Lord breaks the back of debt over your life, he always gives you more than enough. Turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 <laughs> Kings chapter 4, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says the following. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take my two sons, take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. That means they were going to work off the debt of their father. And the Bible says, And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? And she said, thy handmaid has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. That means I just have a little pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. So he's saying, listen, launch out into the deep. Go where you have failed before. Go and borrow vessels. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shall pour out into all these vessels. And thou shalt set aside that which is full, that once the vessels are full and so on. So she went from him and sh she went from him and shut the door upon her, upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel, bring me more, bring me more. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more, and the oil stopped, it stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt 
and live thou and thy children of the rest. Meaning, God did not just give her enough to solve her problem. God gave her enough so that they never lacked again. So when God breaks the back of debt, notice what the Lord said about Isaac. He said he gave him a hundredfold blessing and then he blessed him. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand the Bible says oil in the time of, in this time of Israel, for you to get a jar of oil, you need a lot of trees. She in one day goes from having nothing to becoming an olive oil merchant. So she has vessels, jars full of the best olive oil. And the Lord made sure that there was enough for her to pay her debt. So he wasn't just saying your debts are going to disappear. No, you're going to pay them and they are going to leave. They're done. But the Bible says he, you will have enough for what comes next. So will it be with you. God will cause the little that you have now to multiply in such a way you will be able to pay off your creditors and they will have no hold on your hold over you anymore. But then there will be an abundance so that tomorrow you won't find yourself in the same situation. And so this is what the word of God does. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize this is what the word of God does. He will get you back on your feet and then the blessing will take over. And so ladies and gentlemen, that's how God breaks a famine through obedience. Okay, that's, that's way number four. Let's have a look at way number five, which is attached to, we, we know there was a part that we skipped over. So way number five, ladies and gentlemen, how does God break the back of famine? Way number five is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you see the Holy Spirit poured out, abundance shows up. Follow it. Turning your Bibles, ladies and gentlemen, to Joel chapter two, and I'm going to read from 23. And I will stop reading at verse 27. Um, or actually, I, 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 would, I will stop, actually. Yeah, I'll stop at 27. And the Bible says the following. How does God break the back of a famine? He, I'll explain when I read the, the scripture. The Bible says the following. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month the, the, the king james says first month we'll come back to that in a moment listen to the result and the floors shall be full of wheat and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil and I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, 
the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. I told you God will pay your debts off. The Bible says, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. Verse 27 says the following, and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. Pause for a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, let's break this down. The Bible says in verse 23, when God wants to restore Israel after a season of famine, he says, verse 23, be glad then ye children of Zion and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately and will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first. Now that has many connotations. What I want you to, and I'm, we're gonna break down a couple of them, but notice when God wants to break the back of a famine, he will cause it to rain. Last week, we spoke about this in the place when we spoke about prayer, 1 Kings 18 reading from verse, reading from verse 41. And the Bible says the following. Listen carefully. The Bible says, verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of what? Rain. When God wants to break a famine, he will send rain. And so we realize he says to Israel that I'm going to send you rain. But he says something that this is not, he doesn't, what he says is he said the former rain and the latter rain. And then he says this. As the and the latter rain in the first. Now, the translators added the word month to give it clarity. But what is the Bible speaking about there? I have a question and I will answer it before we go tonight. So I'll just hold on. I'll, I will answer your questions. Don't worry. The Bible says rain. Notice, let's break down rain so you understand what the Lord is going to do to break the famine in your life. Turn with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, so we understand what the latter rain, that means the rain that makes changes, the Lord points back to a time when he made it rain and things change. Come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to Genesis chapter two, and we're going to read from verse five. Genesis 2 verse 5, and I'm going to stop at verse 9. And every plant before it was of the field, before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. 
but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. That's verse six. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse eight. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Now notice, the Lord planted a garden, but all the things he planted, they were in the earth, but no one could see them because he had started them in seed form. He didn't plant fully grown trees. He planted seeds. He put them in the ground around the man. And then the Bible says, and out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ladies and gentlemen, pause. How did God make the things that he had planted to grow? The Bible says the difference was rain. And so when the Bible says, I will give you the former rain and the latter rain in the first month, that means I will do it the way I did it in the beginning. I will cause it to rain. That means I will cause rain to happen that will cause what you are believing God for, what I have planted in your life, what has been held back by a famine, I will cause it to grow because I'm going to make it rain. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is physical rain, which understands that works, but there is a rain where God reigns spiritually. And then things that he has promised, things that have been held back, things that have been limited because of the famine grow. Notice when this particular garden grew, the Bible says everything was good for food and pleasant to the sight. But notice that there were two very special trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That means there are things that God wants to grow on a heavenly level that are about to change your life. And the Bible says, I will break the famine by making it rain. Come with me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see this in action. And this is where we'll close out tonight. Isaiah 55. Let's go to verse 8. And we will read to verse 13. This is the kind of rain that the Lord is going to use to break the famine. Hear me well. Please hear me well. Hear me well. And the Bible says, for my Thoughts are not your, Isaiah 55 verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So what is God wanting to grow in your life? The ways and thoughts, the things that he has planned and promised, but they will happen the way God has imagined them. They will show up the way God has planned for them. And listen how he does it. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, 
but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. That's obvious. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish which that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Hear me well. The Lord says, I'm going to make it rain from where I am to where you are, and I will do it by sending my word. That means my word will act the same way that water acts when it comes from heaven. That means whether the ground likes it or not, as long as there are seeds in the ground, when the rain falls, a predetermined process kicks in to bring to pass what God wants to bring to pass in your life. And the Bible says that God is about to make it rain. Notice, it's not just going to bring to pass physical things, but it's going to bring to pass the things that God has planned in your life, things that God has planted in your future, things that God that, that have been limited in your past. When the rain hits, whether they like it or not, the process of birth begins and the famine breaks. Let me prove that to you. Turn with me in your Bibles. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going, I'm going to roll. I may take five minutes. Isaiah 32, reading from verse 15. Isaiah 32, reading from verse 15. Hear me well. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about to rain. The Bible says, until the Spirit be poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field be counted for a forest. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a rain that changes things. And that is way number five, how God will cause you to what? Thrive in the season of famine. When the Lord pours out his spirit, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to un understand something. When the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit, I will cause it to rain, what is he saying? Come with me, please, ladies and gentlemen, to John chapter 6, verse 63. John 6, 63. Jesus says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. That means gives and brings to life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, 
they are spirit and they are life. Listen to me very carefully. When God wants to break a famine, he will send a word in your life. And the Bible says, as you now act on that word, as you go out, what was planned for evil will turn round for good. The Bible says, when you go out based upon the word of God, I want you to understand what Isaiah 55 says. And this is where we end, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we end. The Bible says, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Both of those are of the Lord. And the Bible says, the result of you going out with joy and peace because of the rain will force a response from your circumstances that would not have come if the Lord was not present. And the Bible says, the mountains and the hills will break forth before you. The places that were barren, the places others have not succeeded, where you have tried and failed will bud and become fruitful. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand the Lord is breaking the famine of this season over your life once and for all. So ladies and gentlemen, as we come to the end tonight, I pray a very simple prayer. I pray that exactly what Joel 2.23 says, that the Lord will cause his rain, the former rain and the latter rain. That means God will deal with yesterday and he will deal with tomorrow at the same time. Listen to me, somebody where you were expecting one, you will get three. Where you were expecting little, you will get plenty. Listen to me very carefully. Something is about to happen. The breaking of a famine is going to happen in your life. The Lord is about to shift that which has stood in your way. The Bible says he will make it rain in such a way that yesterday, today, and tomorrow will all change because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something. God, in his infinite wisdom and mercy, has caused it to rain. Now, I've had a question that, that, that has come in. What is God's great army? Let me clarify what is great army. Outside of God's presence, evil sits. When we disobey the Lord, the Bible says the hedge around us that you find in Job 1 is broken. That hedge then allows things to go the way God has not planned them to go. So I want you to understand, once you come back into God's presence, that great army is silent because God is present. Write this scripture down as we close. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 20. Habakkuk 2, verse 20. The Bible says, the Lord God is in his holy temple. Let every other voice be silent on your matters once and for all. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, may God be kind to you. May the goodness and the mercy of the Lord shape your future. May this be a season where God causes it to rain on your behalf. 
May the turning point that you have been looking for show up because God is making it rain. We join our faith with those who are believing God for miracles. We pray for healing for those that are believing God for healing. And ladies and gentlemen, may God keep you and may God bless you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week where we will begin to look at a subject called enforcing the promises. That's the next phase of launching out into the deep that we're looking at. God will be kind. Have a wonderful night, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. 